Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Are you a feedback machine? And if not, why not? This is the topic for today's episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Hello and welcome back. This is Darren Mitchell on this beautiful Monday, first day of the working week, Monday the 28th of June 2021. So are you a feedback machine? Uh, Really great question. And it's amazing how many times I ask that question, particularly of sales leaders, that the answer is, yes, of course I'm a feedback machine. But when you watch them, when you analyze what they do, they are not feedback machines at all. In fact, they're probably, in many cases, instructional machines or directional machines, not necessarily the feedback machines that we know are conducive to long-term sustainable success and certainly underpinning a great environment in the sales team. And so that's the topic for today's podcast. If you're thinking about what separates the exceptional performers, the high-performing teams from their competition, it is their approach to feedback. In fact, they see every single interaction with every key stakeholder as an opportunity for feedback, whether that's direct feedback or that's feedback through behavior or sometimes through not doing anything at all, which is in itself feedback. Every customer interaction is an opportunity for feedback. Every win they get is an opportunity for feedback. And certainly, and most importantly, they see every loss as a huge, huge opportunity for feedback. And these high-performing teams, they make this a absolute non-negotiable when it comes to the way they operate. It's, uh, they'll make sure they do win reviews. They'll also make sure they do loss reviews and they'll look at things from multiple different perspectives. And they'll do this with no emotion attached because what they're wanting to do is find out what they've done well, but also where some gaps were. So particularly if they didn't win a piece of business, they wanna know what those gaps were that created the opportunity for somebody else to win that piece of business at their expense so that that gap can be plugged the next time they get that opportunity because they're looking for how can we continue to get better. And this is what does separate these high performing teams and there's no there's no there's no secret to this. It is just sheer hard work and sheer hard focus on the ability to get feedback, but also the ability to constantly seek feedback. So from a team point of view, absolutely pivotal to their success. And a key element that makes it so critical is the way that they actually take that feedback. They don't do it with any level of judgment and they certainly don't do it with Uh, I guess, a defensive mechanism because often what I see is when feedback is given to a sales team or feedback is given to a sales executive, very often the the amygdala can be hijacked and they can get into the fight-flight-freeze mechanism and, and in many cases get on the massive defensive and in some cases the aggressive side and really push back on that feedback and and pretty much dispel that feedback. What these teams do really well is they accept for feedback for what it is. They don't necessarily uh, judge it based on what's been said at that particular time, but they'll actually think about it. They will consider it. They will then uh, look at it from multiple different angles and then make the assessment, is that feedback fair and reasonable based on the evidence that's been presented? And even with that, if they happen to disagree, there's still a level of gratitude that that feedback is being provided because there's always going to be something they can take from that feedback that will enable them to get better as an individual, but collectively to get better as a team. And what's really interesting about this is the leaders of these high-performing teams, they show the way through their unrelenting focus on feedback to the point where, and I've seen this, I've seen this before and I've said this before, that they are feedback-seeking machines. They're always looking for opportunities where they can take not only their leadership uh, to another level, they're looking for opportunities that through their leadership they can help underpin and enhance their team's performance and take that 
to an entirely new level because they're always looking for opportunities. They never, ever get satisfied with where they're at and they never get satisfied with the performance that they have and certainly not satisfied with the team's performance. Now, that's not to say they don't celebrate wins because they do, but what they what they do above all else is they use that as a, as a benchmark to get even better. So we've achieved the best year we've ever achieved in this financial year. So that's great. That becomes a benchmark. How can we get even better next year? Now, this is irrespective of the targets that are set. This is irrespective of the expectations that are placed upon the team about what they're expected to do next financial year because they've already already started to contemplate what does the next level of performance look like because they're never, ever satisfied. And the leader of these teams are setting the pace because they're always looking for what is the next level of competency, what is the next level of thinking, what is the next level of action, what is the next level of performance that we can get to. And this is what's really, really critical about this. They're always looking for that feedback. Now, feedback doesn't necessarily have to be direct in terms of uh, asking for feedback from certain people. It can be simply through the actions of people they're dealing with on a regular basis. Because just by people returning phone calls, just by engaging people in a one-on-one conversation that's face-to-face, that is a form of feedback. Because if you're paying attention, and this is where the emotional intelligence comes in from a self-awareness and a social awareness perspective, you'll be able to get some feedback, sometimes not through the verbal verbal things that people say, but certainly through the non-verbal actions and sometimes the paraverbal or tonality that people speak with. And so this is, the, this is really critical because they're always looking for that feedback and taking it on board with a level of gratitude. Now, another key distinction between these guys and their competitors, and certainly this plays out a lot with high-performing teams, is they have this ability to separate the person, the people, from the behavior. Now, certainly when it comes to providing feedback, the great leaders, the great influencers, people who can actually give some really difficult and sometimes highly critical feedback, but do it in such a way that it becomes uh, really well accepted, and in fact, you end up having people thanking you for the feedback, is their ability to separate the person from the behavior. Now, this cannot be overemphasized too much because there's too many people, and I've seen it happen, and I've got two hands in the air, I've done this myself, where we've actually provided feedback and it's been tainted with or tinged with an element of opinion as to what you think about this particular individual. Now, it could be a belief, it could be a value, it could be an assumption, or it could be a prejudice or a bias. Whatever you think about that particular person is completely irrelevant when it comes to providing feedback. And particularly when you're giving feedback, you've got to be able to separate that person from the behavior because here's the thing. If the people people knew what to do differently, do you think they would do differently? Well, the answer to that question is absolutely. Now, the other thing is when you're receiving feedback, you've also got to separate the person from the behavior as well because sometimes when you receive feedback, sometimes the person, even though they've got the greatest of intentions, may actually come across as being quite tainted with an opinion of what they think about you. And so you've got to take that little bit with a grain of salt as well and be able to separate the the opinion of somebody from the behavior they're talking about and take what is actually necessary for you to get that feedback and use it and develop something in terms of a response in order to get better for it. And this this really is probably one of the biggest elements of feedback that most leaders need to get better at. Because even now, even with all the training that I do, there are still people that will give feedback with the best of intentions, but they'll still include in their feedback conversation the word I, and it comes across as I think this, I think I think that, I want that, I want this, I observe this, I observe that. Uh, a lot of it comes across, unfortunately, as opinion. And quite frankly, people do not care about your opinion. Now, it's, it's, no, it's no issue to say what I observed was and the impact was, and I'm not going to talk about the model of feedback today because this is just a quick hit feedback about and a reminder and an important reminder of the importance of feedback for us as sales leaders, particularly for this week as we wrap up the, uh, the financial year. We've got to remove ourselves from the opinion because our opinion doesn't count. 
what you think about somebody is absolutely irrelevant to the feedback that you're about to give somebody. And certainly from the other side, receiving the feedback, exactly the same process. So focus, focus, focus on the behavior. Do not focus on the person. Now, when we do this, a funny thing happens. Through this process, the team underpins an environment where feedback is not only expected, it becomes a part of the team's DNA where it is demanded. And you literally cannot have a conversation with anybody within your team without it being some form of feedback. Now, for some people, that might sound a bit strange and that might sound a little bit uh, bit, bit difficult to actually be be a part of, but I guarantee it's a, it's a it's an environment which underpins success and it underpins sustainable success at an exceptional level. So as we start this week, I'm going to issue a challenge and that challenge is ask yourself this question. Are you right now a feedback machine? And if you're not, why not? Because as a sales leader, being a feedback machine will be the difference that ends up making all of the difference. So if you're not doing that right now and if you're not looking for opportunities where you can provide feedback, but more importantly, if you're not looking for opportunities where you can seek feedback, always be the seeker of feedback before we actually provide feedback, then you're not necessarily going to be taking advantage of all the opportunities that are no doubt right in front of you right now. So as we wrap up and as we get towards the end of this financial year, we want to be able to set a really strong platform for the start of the new financial year. And what better way than to start building a muscle around becoming that feedback machine. So as a key reminder, as we wrap up in today's episode, if you are committed and you're disciplined and you want to take your leadership to an entirely new level because you know there's just some more you can get done and you want some more meaning, more fulfillment, more significance, more satisfaction, and of course, better sales results, then how about we jump on a call and have a conversation about working together one-on-one. And we can do that as early as this week. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits. We'll jump on a Zoom call, have a conversation, see whether a match between both of us, see whether we're on the same page, and let's get started to work together so we can get you well on your way to being that exceptional sales leader within the next 90 days or so. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.